nothing creates peace of mind, security, and growth like automatic monthly continuity programs. Hi, I'm Robert Scrope. Today's program focuses on building these continuity programs within your information marketing business in a way that maximizes the, the sales value of your company. My guest today is John Werrillow. He is the author of the uh, phenomenal book called Built to Sell and also a, uh, a brand new book called The Automatic Customer. He is, uh, John is the founder of a subscription-based company called The Value Builder System, where advisors help company owners increase the value of their businesses. Before that, he founded Werelo & Co., a subscription-based research business dedicated to helping Fortune 500 companies market to small business owners. He's a sought-after speaker, a popular Inc.com columnist, and lives in Toronto, Canada. Welcome, John. So glad to have you on today. Thanks for having me, Robert. Now, um, I, congratulations on your new book. I was uh, very excited when I saw – I've been a, a longtime fan of Built to Sell. I think you know, that's a, a category where there are kind of a, you know, a dozen or more books that, that talk about how to improve the value of your business. But I really thought that the story-based model that you used in that book where you um, – you know, kind of put you 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 put the reader in this little conference room and followed followed around this uh, poor you know company owner and what they did and and how they tried to raise money. I thought that was really a fascinating approach. Oh, that's great. Yeah, the the story of, of Alex Stapleton is a guy a lot like a lot of entrepreneurs where they're making a good living, but it feels a little bit like running on a treadmill. And he's just going from kind of one project to the next. It's the classic sell do business model. And uh, and the story sort of evolves as he learns about the importance of creating a, a more sellable company because in the beginning it's dependent on him, but the, by the end um, he's able to sell the business. And um, and and of course that's you know it's funny the 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 book was um, was actually inspired the automatic customer because I I left one major part out of built to sell which was this new notion as as you call them continuity programs. We talk a lot about you know productization in the book, but it was it was really this idea of recurring revenue um, that we talk a little bit about in Built to Sell. But I realized you know I should have spent a lot more time talking about it. That's that's what inspired me to write the Automatic Customer. Well, I, I certainly enjoyed uh, the, the the book, the Automatic Customer. I recommend both. But what I find fascinating is it's been probably at least two years since I read Built to Sell, but I still remember it was a story, and I remember. But I, I remember when I put down when I put that book down when I finished I said yeah this one this one's far and away better than uh, all those other books that uh, talk about accounting cash flow and the numbers it was just so easy easy to read and um, you really helped simplify those decisions so I, I wanted to commend you on that as we we jumped into this automatic customer topic oh great thank you very much <laughs> so um, all right. So, so I guess why don't, why don't we talk about why – so you, you, you left out these automatic subscription programs that where, where, where the customer has pre-approved you to get uh, you know, monthly you – know, you to charge them monthly to deliver. And it could be um, a, a SaaS, you know, a software as a service, you know, where it's a software company. For us, it can be information products where it's a magazine subscription for – 
$49 or a, a membership for $99 a month or even a coaching program for $495, $995 or even up from there where the customer has pre-approved the, the transactions. Now, why, as, as, as somebody who you know, is an expert and build a company teaching people how to build companies with the highest value for, for the company, why are these automatic subscription programs so important uh, to impacting the, the value of a company? Well, it's, the problem with being an information marketer is you're only as good as your last, mar- as your last product launch. Mm-hmm. And the information marketers I know are very focused on product launch uh, methodologies. So it's all about instilling a sense of, uh, of scarcity, uh, getting people excited about, you know, about making a purchase, buying a book, buying a, a course or whatever. And, and, there's, and, and as soon as that's over, as soon as you have your launch and you sell your whatever, 1,000, 10,000, 100,000, whatever you know, your goal is in terms of products, you're right back on the hamster wheel. You're now got to come up with another product, another way to create some excitement and some scarcity and so forth. So while that model can work, and it does work for lots of people, I mean, Anthony Robbins got you know, enormously wealthy using that model, um, it doesn't necessarily create something anyone would, would, would buy because information marketing, when it's, when it's personality-driven, when it's product-driven that is very – focused on a single event, um, there's nothing, there's no continuity. And of course, acquirers, uh, people who buy companies want the revenue after you, the celebrity, leave. <laughs> you know, they, they want to be able to monetize your audience with you not in the picture anymore. And so for that to be worthwhile, for them to, to make any money as an acquirer and for them to turn to pay you a great deal of money to buy your business, they've got to see some recurring revenue. I think that's brilliant, and and I and you hit it, it right, nail right on the head about you're only as good as your last product launch. I I wrote that down for sure, um, and and I think that um, one of the one of the reasons why uh, the because the, I I gotta tell you in in uh, 2007 uh, you know, probably from 2004 to 2007 and eight continuity was what it was all about, and that's what everybody was focused on but then these subscription models started uh have you know kind of hitting a, a rough spot and then at right about that time the product launch model kind of surged in popularity i think a lot because you know the you know the automatic continuities weren't as effective you talk a lot about the book you have uh, chapter 14 is named the psychology of selling a subscription how is selling a subscription different than selling a product or having some sort of launch? It's a lot harder to begin with because, as you rightly point out, it, it is, a, it is a, a long-term relationship rather than a one-time relationship. But you think about it, you go to the bar, uh, you meet someone, you, you have a good time, you have a fling, there's no commitment to one another, you leave. That's the typical transactional sort of relationship, a product launch style business. Whereas what we're proposing or what, what you're proposing when you're proposing someone to subscribe over the long term is akin to a marriage, right? So both parties are, are, are making a commitment to one another. The customer's making a commitment to you to say, I'm not going to uh, be promiscuous. I'm going to you know, be loyal to this, you know, your product. Uh, but in return, you've, 
you've got to create value for them over the long term. So it's it's akin to a marriage, and that makes it tough. It's funny, funny you mentioned your, your dating comment where you, you have a fling, and I often talk about you know information marketers who don't have a continuity program or really just you know have a series of one night stands. Right. And and one of the things that I find is that you know just like all right, so let's, to use the dating analogy and the one night stand, there's a lot more to marriage than just the sex, and there's a whole nother relationship going on. And I think it's very similar thinking to a subscription or membership. There's a whole lot more to the relationship than just the exchange of product. There is a trust. There is a, a faith, a, 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 a personal bond that is really far greater than just, I give you this, you allow me to ding your credit card once a month. And and I think that's the piece that you actually get into in in quite a few you know subscription selling ideas. I think that's the piece that most folks trying to sell these subscription programs miss. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. You know, spontaneity in terms of rewards is much more powerful than rewards that are always going to be there. You've, you've heard all the psychology that says spontaneous or incremental or surprising rewards uh, create much more loyal, more vo- motivated employees, and so forth. And so, um, you know, there's a good example of that. In, in the book, we talk about the company, the subscription company BarkBox, which sends a monthly box of dog treats to its subscribers. Every box is different, and, and it's a surprise to get it. They have three people dedicated full-time doing nothing but serving up what they call happiness bombs. And basically what a happiness bomb is, is going through their database, identifying one of their customers who needs to be cheered up. They've lost a dog or a dog has fallen ill or been hit by a car or whatever. And that group of individuals go about their way to try to figure out a way to make that customer happy. And, and send them a spontaneous gift or a spontaneous phone call or whatever. Three full-time staff dedicated to that at BarkBox. And uh, and that, and so that it always so you know you get it's like you get a you're delighting your customer. They they look you know when they get this package they can't wait to tear it open to see what they got. And, right. I mean, you know, which is going to be more powerful? Uh, you know, a dozen roses spontaneously brought home one evening for your spouse or, you know, doing the same thing on Valentine's Day. Right. Way more impactful doing it when they're not expecting it. And that's just one of many little things that keep customers loyal. Amazon, uh, you may have read, Robert, in the book, was, uh, it has, has, has filed for a patent. I think they've actually gotten preliminary agreement to uh, or, or received a patent on what they call anticipatory shipping. And what that is, is they actually put, you know, they figure out what their customers like. They figure out based on what you buy and what you bought in the past, what your preferences are. And they actually put those products on the truck, uh, anticipating you ordering them. And at the end of the day, they actually sometimes ship them to their loyal Amazon Prime subscribers because they're trying to create this, this, this relationship, which is based on spontaneity. Yeah, that's what's so dangerous about Amazon is not just that they're cheap, but that they're also smart. 
him and, watching. <laughs> yeah, and um, and and so you know, and I think that's you know where where Walmart has focused all of their all of their talent on on uh, wringing all of the cost out of the supply chain and trying to sell for ever more cheaper pricing. Um, Amazon is doing a whole lot in trying to understand their customer and and also like like this this whole relationship piece and uh, one of the things that you point out uh, in the book are the you know there it's one thing to talk about the amount of revenue that Amazon generates from what is now a $99 a year prime membership and I think you said it's some it's billions of dollars but I think it's more important it's uh the the amount the, the the customer value when that customer makes the commitment to be prime it 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 totally transforms the value of that customer to Amazon and that is for an information marketer the hidden uh, benefits probably more so than than the revenue and the value of your company it is the secret hidden Trojan horse benefit of creating a continuity product is because you get permission to communicate with those subscribers that you don't have necessarily if they purchase a one-time information product. And once you've created that continuity-based relationship, it's going to change their behavior forever. If you look, and statistically speaking, if you look at Amazon Prime subscribers, uh, of which there are now 40 million worldwide, it's a $4 billion business for Amazon. If you look at those subscribers, on average, they spend more than $1,500 a year with Amazon. Compared to a non-prime customer who also buys from Amazon, they pay less than $500 a year with Amazon or buy less than $500 a year products from Amazon. So prime subscriber is three times more valuable to Amazon because they buy three times the number of products and services from Amazon. And John, you don't have the opportunity to know this because we just met, but uh, uh, my background is in the association industry, and I've been uh, working with nonprofit trade associations for 20 years and uh, started uh, discovered this whole world of information marketing about uh, 10 years ago. And, uh, and then we and created the, the association back in, oh, geez, I guess 2005. Hmm. Uh, but um, the... When, when, when working with nonprofits, I really, in the associations I worked with, I refused to even acknowledge non-members. And you, look, you've you got to be, you got to join in order to come to the meeting. You got to join to buy anything. And and I and lots of people wanted, oh no, you, you got to sell to the non-member. You got to you know serve them because then you'll make them want to be a part of it. It's like no, 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 no. The value, once they make that choice that what I have over on this side of the gate is worth entering the gate to get, then the value of that customer, that member to the association is completely transcendent. And, and it's, not, it's not so much in, in the association world, sure, they'll buy more, but really it's more about the relationship that's formed. If I can get them to join, then... I mean, I've got, you know, on average with my clients, maybe a 95% uh, renewal rate. So if if I get them to join once, they're not just buying a one-off annual meeting sub, uh, registration. I now have them for 10 years. 
You bet. You bet. When people pay, they pay attention, right? Funny, funny story about about that, Robert. If you if you want to hear sort of a a story from the old days, do you remember? Do you remember back in the let me think early '80s, uh, you would get uh, those those sort of um, direct mail packages from magazines trying to get you to subscribe to a magazine. Oh, uh, fairly. Yeah, I mean, we've all seen them, right? A good information product. Well, I grew up with a father who was a magazine publisher. So I spent hours and hours and hours across the dinner table from my dad hearing these war stories about trying to get people to subscribe to magazines in the early 80s. And so one time, and my dad would talk about control groups and direct mail packages that worked and some that didn't. And, you know, he'd go on and describing this entire kind of labyrinth of different control packs. So one time I just turned to him and said, Dad, I mean, if your magazine's so great, why don't you just send him the magazine? <laughs> and, and, he's, and he's like, yeah, yeah, shut up, kid. We've already tried that. It doesn't work. <laughs> so yeah, because, sampling doesn't work. <laughs> to, to your point, you you know, it's much easier to describe all the benefits, both kind of practical as well as intangible, in in a marketing piece than just giving them one sort of sample, letting them, in your case, come to an event without being a member. Um, maybe that event's just a little bit off or not exactly the perfect event for them, et cetera. I'm a huge believer when it comes to to, to continuity programs, you need to give customers the ultimatum. Uh, you either subscribe, become a member, whatever the lingo is in your industry, or we can't do business. Um, and that's, I think, where you see the rubber meet the road and, and, and you start to get more traction for people when you give them that ultimatum. The, um, you talk in, in, in the book, you present uh, seven uh, subscription selling ideas uh, that, uh, you know, kind of models of folks that, that, that you've seen successful in, in selling these automatic monthly programs. And, of course, you know, within this, this discussion, there's nowhere near enough time to go through it. Certainly recommend getting the book, The Automatic Customer, uh, by John Warlow. Um, with, John, within, the, you know, within one, you have um, you know, give them a freemium option. How have mm-hmm. you how have you seen that work well in uh, in selling subscription programs? Well, I mean, you, you've basically you've in the freemium option you've got a, a, a you know a, a light if you will version of of what you've what you've produced a uh, you know a scale back or a sampling where they can they can use that. But but really, the meat is behind the curtain, behind the paywall. So, um, you know, a good example of that would be, uh, you know, simply having a free opt-in for uh, a, a, a website, a blog, a, a Facebook account, et cetera, where they make some sort of notional commitment to you. It's free. And, and, and then trying to convert them on into the paid uh, piece on, on the other side. You know, through the book, I did lots of research with information products, and I discovered that the typical conversion rate for those sort of freemium offer, offers is, is usually between 3 and 30%. Why such a big range? Well, it depends how many subscription, how many offers you make those opt-ins. So if you've got a database of, let's say, 10,000 subscribers who've opted into your free offering, again, whatever that free thing is, we find that between 3 and 30% of those people will at some point in the year buy something. 
And where you sit on the 3 to 30% conversion rate relates to how many offers you make them, how many products you try to sell them. So if, you tr if you've got one subscription, a uh, paid subscription, you're likely to fall on the very low end of the conversion rate, probably closer to 3%. Whereas if you've got, uh, you know, five different subscription offers, three online courses, two books, you know, a, an audio seminar, whatever, you're likely to get much higher up into the, you know, teens or and low 20 conversion rate if, you're, if your list is quality, um, you know, because you're giving them lots of offers. Yeah, and, and, I, and I would only um... – the only thing I would change is that you can actually push that up. I, 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 when you when you started talking about conversion, I went ahead. I actually happened to have a lead to conversion ROI report here on my desk for a client that I'm working with, and he's getting about 55 percent of his of his leads converting into uh, paid customers. Um, with with that, probably about 50 percent within the first year, with 1.3 percent. You know, 12 months plus, but uh, so it can be a little bit higher than the 30 percent. Uh, but I, I absolutely agree. The reason why it is higher, uh, to your point, is this information marketer has about eight different products that they offer, and you know, as the uh, the, the customers offered one front end product and invited to come to a couple of webinars and things like that to hear about it, and then when they don't buy it, you know, about uh, you know, about 20, 21 days into the sequence, there's another product, and then there's another one. So there's kind of this parade of, of different products that are offered to these leads, all providing them value, like you said, with the freemium by giving them webinars, giving them training, giving them white papers, giving them information, and, and then inviting them to take the next step to in, invest in the program. Very, very That's smart. Great. And then also the other thing that we uh, that you'll see a lot is um, in, in our world that you talk about in your book is offering a trial. Can you talk a little bit about uh, what you've seen work in in that in that area? Sure. So you know, if you're going to provide an ultimatum, if you're going to say to somebody, "Look, you, you know, we cannot do business unless you subscribe, unless you become a member," uh, then it may become necessary to give them some sort of trial. So in the software world, we've all used you know trial-based software, you know, finite amount of time. Um, they tend to work well in situations where where you've got something that you really need people to experience. They don't necessarily lend themselves well to describing through, you know, written copy, your audio. Or, you, know, you really have to get customers to actually start to absorb and to, and to, to partially onboard, if you will, and make an investment. I mean, not in the information world, but certainly uh, in, a, in a kind of subscription-based vein. A good example of that would be a, a place called Osler Ski Hill or Ski Club based in just out, just north of Toronto. In Toronto, we have 6 million people and no skiing. And so the, we're like one of the only places in the world that has private ski clubs because there'd be just you know, hour-long lineups to get up the ski lift. So Osler charges 60 grand initiation to become a member to give you the right to pay another five grand a year to 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 use their ski hill, um, but those are big numbers. And so to get people to kind of really experience what Osler is like and how it's different than the other local ski hills, is they get you to uh, to do a trial membership and then convert you on the back end. So you can't 
go to Osler in perpetuity and just pay, you, you at the end of the year, you've had your trial, you've got to, uh, you, you then get the ultimatum. You've either got to you've got to become a member and write your check for sixty grand, or or move on. And uh, and you know, of course, in the information marketing world, free trials are a very common way of of having folks get started because the the gross margin, the 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 cost of the products that we're shipping out are so low that you know for us to fulfill a month or two as a free trial isn't all that expensive. And uh, it gives us an easy, kind of a low bar for a customer to, 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 to jump over in order to become a new customer. Now, free, trial, free trials work really, yeah, I was just say, free trials work really well if, if the customer sort of has to sort of what I call onboard or has to start configuring what you do or absorbing what you do to really, to really get it. And again, to go back to an offline example, Oster Ski Club, well, you, you go up, you know, throughout the year, you start to make friends, you, your kids become you know, part of the racing program, you're, you're sort of bedded in at that point. And, and you're, <laughs> you know, their, their, their conversion rates on free trials are like over 90% because, because you've changed your behavior. So my only word of caution on offering a free trial is that you really need to have some hooks to get them to, 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 to actually uh, start changing their behavior, and, and then once they do that, uh, then you'll find conversion rates very high. Uh, if it's just, hey, read this, this article as a sampling, you know, they can ignore that. But if there's some way they can configure it to customize for them, go through a tool which forces them to, to, to upload some information about themselves, um, you know, that's where you start to get higher conversion rates because they've made sort of an investment in the onboarding process. You no, know, and I, I definitely want to ask you about that because um, uh, what you the things that you talk about on onboarding are are, are very very rare and particularly smart. Uh, first, I want to ask you about um, subscription fatigue. You mm -hmm. uh, you you know, it's uh, it's it, it's this seems to be kind of a new phenomenon that uh, as as more and more folks have discovered the uh, the power of selling programs through subscription that uh, a lot of us now have these uh, subscriptions. And so can you talk a little bit about uh, what you've seen in subscription fatigue? Sure. Well, you know, there was a day when you'd get your credit card and you might have five or six big charges on it, uh, maybe your utility bill, maybe your cable bill, and that was it. Nowadays, if most of us look at our credit card charge, there's just hundreds or, or lots of, you know, small little incremental monthly bills, right? So a lot of us now subscribe to Netflix uh, as an example. Um, a lot of the software we buy, whether it's Salesforce.com or Microsoft Office 365, are on a subscription. A lot of us are now subscribing to these box of the month clubs or, you know, consumables like Dollar Shave Club, uh, Birchbox, you know, in and of themselves, small little charges. And what's, what's, what's even more interesting is lately there have been, even in the last 30 days, big Fortune 500 companies have jumped on the subscription uh, model bandwagon. Uh, YouTube just announced they're going to launch this week, uh, uh, just announced they're going to launch a subscription offering, an ad-free version for folks who want to watch YouTube without ads. Uh, Starbucks last month announced that they were going to do a special coffee program on subscription. AMC Theater uh, want to get people back in the theater to give you a you know an all you can watch movie subscription. So increasingly, this so-called subscription fatigue is starting to hit. Where 
collectively, all of those little $10, 20 30 $50 a month charges are now ending up being a really big nut every month. And so our bar as consumers has started to go up, right? Uh, we've all had that experience not only of having more charges collect to be a big charge at the end of the month on a credit card, but also you try to decipher or cancel a subscription uh, that either it makes they make it hard to 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 opt out, or it on the credit card it's showing up as some weird company name you've you've never heard of, or somebody's holding company you have no way to attribute it back to a, a service that you subscribe to. So all these you know these things are elevating our subscription fee, uh, fatigue and making it harder. The bar is higher for us to sell a subscription these days than it was even say a year ago. And I, I can still remember. It's been a few, it's been a long time ago, but when uh, one the first time I got a a credit card invoice that was that the charge the listing of the charges went on to the second page. <laughs> right. <laughs> now I was like, wow, this is this is terrible. This is a two-page yeah. credit card statement. And then and now I don't I don't think I've gotten one that's less than four or five pages today. Yeah. They send the me mine in a in a big binder. It's uh, yeah. <laughs> the um and you know I think it's 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 vital to understand that subscriptions are harder to sell than a product just because you're selling a relationship versus just kind of this one-off thing this one-off experience and and now in particular they're harder still because our your 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 customer, whether they are new to you or new to your universe or or not, they already have all these different subscription programs uh, that they're that they're paying. I would also probably say that you know when we you know information marketers kind of started first getting into this whole world of monthly continuity, probably 2003 2004 when. When we were kind of starting to do this online, and, and you know, instead of having an annual coaching program, we would have a, a monthly program, or instead of an annual membership, we'd have a monthly one. Um, back at that time, you had to explain to customers what it was and how it works. Now it's it's actually a little easier in a sense that they kind of recognize, oh, okay, yeah, this is one of those monthly things, and uh, it so it's it while it is well there is some fatigue. Uh, I think there's also some recognition which uh, makes it a little bit easier to sell as well. Any, uh, John, any advice for kind of overcoming that bar uh, for that subscription fatigue or anything that you've seen folks do to, to kind of uh, alleviate that problem in particular? Well, number one, recognize that it's worth getting over that because no pain, no gain. There are uh, the, the value of having a subscriber far exceeds, uh, you know, exponentially exceeds the value of having a one-off customer. So although it is harder, I don't want people to listen to this and go, oh, well, you know, continuity programs are, 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 are not worth it. They, they very much are for, for the reasons we've already stated. So stick to it, one. Two, I think what you, what you really want to think about is the, this idea of 10x versus 10%. And what I mean by that is, is try to develop a 10x value proposition that makes it 10 times more valuable to subscribe than to simply buy on a one-off basis. Because nobody's going to subscribe to your product uh, or service uh, to save 10%. 
So if, if, if the CD package, you know, one-time purchase that you sold five years ago was a thousand bucks, no one's going to subscribe to save 10% on that. Um, really what you've got to try to, 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 to envision, I think, is a value proposition that is 10 times that of just a one-off purchase. A good example of that is an information marketer uh, based in California called New Masters Academy. I wrote about them as well. They have got a uh, basically an online um, learning library if you're interested in learning how to do various forms of art. So if you're into pottery and you want to do more, more and better pottery or if, you're, if you like to learn how to do watercolor painting, you can subscribe to New Masters. Well, the competition from New Masters is the kind of community college live training workshop where you might spend six or $800 to go to a physical face-to-face -face training session. And so for the subscriber, they pay $29.95 to subscribe to New Masters. You could, you could see how it would, the, the customer might make the case that by subscribing to New Masters, it's kind of 10x the value than going to a single workshop. I think with Netflix, as an example, you know, hundreds of thousands of hours worth of content for 10 bucks a month. I mean, that's a really strong value proposition. So, so I think you just want to go into this, this, this subscription or continuity offering idea with this kind of 10x hat on. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, you know, bringing, bringing a, a huge breakthrough that's going to really help them, um, that really helps transcend uh, anything that they've seen before, I think, is essential to being able to to have a fast growth company. And so, I I, I certainly I, I I love the the analogy of a, a, a ten times solution versus a a ten percent better. Now, one of the things that was very rare that I have not seen, uh, you know, like this, this whole subscription thing and membership has been around in the association world for decades, and yet. You talk about something that I don't see anybody in the association world talking about, and that's what you call onboarding. Um, this how 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 the customer experience is handled after you get the customer, and so often um, we think of, okay, we've made a sale, and now we can move on and deliver. And you found that. That, that folks that are successful in making these programs work have a strategy uh, for immediately after the customer makes that purchase and get them into the program. You bet. You know, um, if you plot on a graph the churn rates of your subscribers, you will be able to see specifically that the people who have a favorable impression of you in the first 90 days, that 90-day onboarding window, if you're able to change their behavior, get them to interact with you, um, you know, feel good about you in the first 90 days, their likelihood to churn drops off, churn meaning stop subscribing, drops off a cliff. They, they, will, they will be subscribers for a very long time statistically. Yet, if you do the exact same and you say, okay, we're going to ignore customers for the first 90 days, and then we're going to look at the analytics on our software package or however we kind of monitor people who subscribe to us and realize, oh, geez, they didn't actually use the stuff we gave them. Um, we better get on the phone and call them and find out what they're not using us or send them a bunch of email or video. At that point, 
there's virtually nothing you can do after the 90-day period that will re-engage them as subscribers. Their likelihood to churn is, is astronomically higher than if in the first 90 days you can get them to interact with you. And so great companies in the subscription base, whether it's, it's, it's you know, Amazon or Netflix, um, have entire teams, uh, boardrooms full of whiteboards choreographing, storyboarding the first 90 days of their relationship. They will go to the point of, of really looking at whether to send that third email you know, at, at the, at the six day mark and they will statistically validate whether it's better to send it on the sixth day or the seventh day. It has that big an impact for them. And, and, and it, we've all had this in our own relationship, right? When you subscribe to something, you, you've gotten so excited about what the value of that subscription offering holds for you. There's a bit of a honeymoon period, right? But the further you get away from the moment you pulled out your credit card, the more likely you are to lapse back into the old routines, the old habits, and not adopt the product or service you subscribe to. So, again, it, it, just imagine one of those huge clocks that, that count down to the Olympic Games. You've seen them. That, you stick 90 days on the clock from the moment they subscribe to you, and that's how long you have to get them to opt in, to really onboard, to, to, to use your product or service. And if, you, if you're successful, they will stay for a very long time. And what I found is that, especially for information products, it's so much easier to sell and get a customer than it is to deliver because now the, the customer – chances are it has to do something with the product that you're delivering. You know, if you're providing them how-to information, you know, let's just say, you know, a, a weight loss program, it's so much easier to buy a, <laughs> a weight loss program than it is to actually do a weight loss program. And, and if you take that analogy to your own business, you know, if you just go and deliver the weight loss, then, you know, it, 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 they're kind of left cold. What I found is that you've got to really – the same sales message that you used to get them to buy, you have to use that and more to get them to implement. You know, like, you know, for whatever, whatever the promise was, whatever the outcomes that they were looking for, um, you've got to re, you know, take those same – you can't stop selling just because they gave you the credit card number and, and said start. You've, that, that actually begins – the sales process where you are, hey, you know, I'm glad you're a customer. We're going to help you achieve this outcome that you came to us with, and uh, we're going to make it as easy as possible for you to do so. Now, John, you say 90 days. I'm almost in the nine-day category. You, you've got to, while they're the most excited, you've got to take that opportunity, turn up the volume, and uh, and get them to seize that dream and uh, and and follow through on that first step that they've taken. You bet. And they're also statistically way more likely to buy a second or third product from you in that onboarding window. Okay. Uh, if if you if you chart and plot cross selling, uh, it is it's off the charts in the first again 30, 60, 90 days. Uh, but once that window closes. Uh, 
it's virtually impossible to cross-sell them <laughs> because, again, they, they, at that point, they've got a little spot in their brain about what, they, what you mean to them, and it's very difficult to dislodge that. But in the onboarding window is where you've got the opportunity to change their behavior where you've got the opportunity to cross-sell them. And, and think of it, you know, in an in a information tr- product context, you, you might think of, of the, the, the actual product sale as the beginning and the end of the sales cycle. Whereas I would argue, to your point, Robert, you've got sort of a sales window and, and where you, you've got a, you do have to get their credit card at some point and, and, and create a commercial relationship. But there's a whole lot of selling that goes on before they whip out their credit card. And then during the first 30 or 60 days, you're still selling. And so it's a mistake to say, whew, got the credit card, move on. That's, that's where you're going to get huge churn. Whereas if you – is the credit card is just one, you know, one additional step uh, layer of commitment, but it's in a, in, a, in a continuum of getting their additional commitment, and it, and it lasts for you know, a period of time as opposed to a single event. Mm-hmm. What I've you know, found is, uh, is you get a refocused on the outcome that they came, uh, help you know, kind of teach them what they need to be successful, maybe even tell them some, some stories of other successful clients and what, what the outcomes that, they've, that they have gotten. And then if there's any sort of success, uh, success threshold where, where you know, uh, we do a little, you know, sometimes we'll do a little certification program where, you know, complete, watch these four videos and answer these five questions and, you know, you'll get a little award, a little, a little recognition you know, rather than because sometimes these implementing what you're teaching could be really a lifetime pursuit, and it just feels so overwhelming. But if we can break it down and make the first couple of steps, the first couple of wins, really short, uh, a short window. One of my clients, um, Michael Rosbrook, has a referral letter that he gives to his new clients, and he you know send this referral letter to 50 people. And so, and then, in, and by the way, send the referral letter to us as well. So now he can communicate with the new clients that haven't sent. So if he hasn't gotten the referral letter, he knows that new customer hasn't yet sent it out yet. And so, since that's the first thing they're supposed to do, he knows he's he can communicate about nothing other than getting the referral letter out. Hey, look, you know, this guy sent out the referral letter and got eight clients. This guy sent the referral letter and got two. And, you know, the success story is about that one thing. And then when he does get the referral letter, he can write them a little note. Hey, saw your referral letter. Congratulations on getting that done. Keep me abreast of the results. So that there's this one little thing that they have to do in order to feel good about themselves and experience what this program is all about. Great example. You know, I call them onboarding markers. You know that medical doctors have markers for various ailments. So, you, you know, if you, if you suffer from heart disease, it's, it's called the silent killer because you don't know if you've got clogged arteries. But there are, there are markers. There's like your cholesterol rate, et cetera. You know, subscription company offers, uh, companies also need markers because there are markers that are predictors of churn and they are the fact that they're not adopting. So in your, your, your example there with the 50 letters, it's the fact that the guy hasn't sent the letter out would be a marker, a flag saying, hey, this guy is likely to churn because. In our case, um, I, I, read, I run this company called ValueBuildersystem.com where we license this, this technology on a subscription basis to advisors. One of our markers 
is that if you don't embed, we, we give our advisors a, a, some embed code, HTML embed code that they then embed in their website to allow them to, to run basically the platform, run the questionnaire that we offer. If they don't embed in the first 60 days, there's like a 911 siren that goes off in our office to say, this guy's not embedding properly. He's not onboarding. Let's get on the phone with him. Let's figure out what's gone wrong. Because somewhere along the way, uh, you know, we've dropped the ball. And so, yeah, you need those markers if you're, if you're going to have a subscription offer. So uh, certainly everybody needs – uh, I'd like to ask one more question, but the, I, I, everybody needs to grab a copy of the automatic customer creating a subscription business in any industry. And also, if you haven't read it, you owe it to yourself to get a copy of Built to Sell, creating a business that can thrive without you. Also, for your value builder system, what are the – who are the best type of people uh, that you'd work with that, that – what, what are the types of people that you're looking for to license that program, and, and uh, you know, how would they get more information about that? Yeah, we license the technology to, to business advisors, so business coaches, uh, consultants, accountants, et cetera. And if folks are interested in that, they can go to valuebuildersystem.com. Well, I know time is short, but I, I definitely wanted to – one of the other things that you, you get into in your book that – is uh, is really sparse in the information marketing world is, is numbers, mm. and one of the realities of selling subscription programs is that you know rather than getting a large amount of money on day one, the money kind of trickle that money trickles in. Well, what's good is that you know the customers you get tomorrow you know, today are on top of the customers you got yesterday, so it kind of grows as it trickles. But there can be some cash flow impacts. And one of the neat things that you get into is the, are really some details about cash and how that works. Can you just you know, briefly describe that uh, to kind of tease folks to let them know what they're going to find in the book? Sure. I mean, um, the, the most important ratio that subscription company offers, company operators are looking at on their dashboard daily is their LTV to CAC ratio. It, it means your lifetime value of a subscriber compared with the cost it takes you to acquire a single subscriber. And most professional investors investing in buying businesses are looking for a minimum of a 3 to 1 LTV to CAC ratio. The other number that's really important is your months to recover CAC, that how long it takes you to recover the costs to, to market and sell to a subscriber. So, for example, um, if it costs, if, it, if, if Microsoft um, has to invest $500 through SEO and SEM and radio advertising to get you to subscribe to Microsoft Office 365 and they, and they, and they charge you, let's say, 10 bucks a month for that. Well, it's going to take them many, many months, uh, 10 bucks times, you know, whatever, five years to recover the costs of that marketing. Mm -hmm. So you're looking to measure your, your number of months to recover, uh, uh, CAC is, is another key metric to look at. And you know what? We threw those we threw that out very, very quickly, but I think um, it, it's explained in, in a lot of detail in the book. And, yeah, just because I'm a CPA doesn't mean that I'm the only one interested in this stuff. You guys, it, you really, it's important to, to know these numbers and because they give you a lot of information uh, beyond what a financial report would say. And, and I thought it was fascinating, the three-to-one lifetime value of a, a member versus the acquisition cost. And uh, 
that's a that's a very valuable tool. So if if it costs you you know $100 to get a new member, then your lifetime value better be $300 on average, including the free trials, including everything else. And so I think that's a very smart way of of knowing whether or not you should scale up your because I know I haven't talked to a lot of people that are scaling up trying to get a whole bunch of new members into a membership program that's not working because the members are leaving faster than 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 they're getting them. So what a what a nice little tool to understand with that three to one. And uh, and John, that's the first. Yeah, I know you quoted somebody else, but that was the first time I had seen it was in your automatic customer book. So uh, I, I, I certainly a lot of great smart things. I've been uh, you know in this continuity world for a, a lot more than ten years, and uh, I learned a lot by uh, reading your book. And I certainly recommend it to to everybody who's interested in in building this aspect of of their business uh, for for uh, you know the, the security, the the value of their business, and uh, the long really long term peace of mind. So great work! Uh, thank you very much for uh, for coming on today. Thanks again, Robert. So uh, you only, as John said, you're only as good as your last product launch unless you're, uh, you know, in the subscription business. Subscriptions certainly are harder to sell than other products, but it's absolutely worth it. Building that relationship is going to make those customers more valuable to you. Encourage you to check out, uh, you know, go to Amazon, go to your bookseller, get the automatic customer. You're going to enjoy that book and learn a lot. And of course, if you haven't read it already, grab a copy of Built to Sell. It's certainly my favorite uh, book of that entire genre of of understanding what somebody is looking at uh, when they come to purchase your business.